every freaking second of the day, I'm going to do it. Everybody wants to be mother freaking wealthy. Are you willing to adapt? Are you willing to change? How uncomfortable are you willing to get? How willing are you going to be to allow me to help you? This is a marathon, not a sprint. You give up your right to be average and ordinary. You gotta show up earlier, you gotta be here later, you gotta hit harder, be more productive, be more focused. If you don't see it that way, you will fail at it. You guys have been the pillar and the backbone of Planet First Life now for quite some time. Keep growing. Good morning, everyone. Andrew Taylor here. We have Sean Mike with us today. Sean, thanks for coming in. All right, so we're pulling up these questions. The first one is from Trey Honeycutt. Perfect. He's very smart. I hope his kid didn't ask it. That'd be a good question if yeah, he did. confused the hell out of me. He's too smart. It is. Um, how many integrity partners do you think Family First Life can have? As many, however many people will grow their business to a profitable level where it needs to be, work hard enough, be selfless leaders, have the humility that goes along with it. It's, it's a, and you've heard Brian Adams say, there's no cap on it. I mean, you look at how many we have now rolling into you know, into the summer here. And I mean, you know, I wanted 40 the first year. Well, you know, we get the first year, but it looks like we're certainly going to get to that number the second year. So like, you know, the first full year afterwards, I was like, we'll get it. But at the end of, you know, 22, I think we'll have, when you look at how many we have and where we're going, I think we will. And, um, but you know, when you're, when you run a company, you don't stop doing what you're doing to grow it, right? Like, it's no different for us. We grow organically. We have agents. We train them. We help them. Talk about leads. Give them strategies. Do all that. And then we have acquisition, which is like we we recruit people. We get them in the class. Unlicensed, licensed. We call you up. You're working on a company. Why don't you work with us? Like, we, we do both. We would never stop doing one or the other. We would never go like, ah, no more recruiting. Like, why would you do that? Like, how would you ever stop recruiting? A guy told me, because I'm quitting. I'm joining your company. Because the company I work with told me I can't recruit anymore. I go, you're not allowed to recruit. He's like, nope, not allowed to recruit. He's like, I have to requirement of so many days of this, and then the guy has to do this, and this one has to interview him. And I was like, those that can't manage, micromanage. So be careful of people that can't manage. They will micromanage the hell out of you. So I was like, well, you can't build a business. They don't let you recruit. He's like, well, that's why I quit. And I was like, all right, well, quit with as many people as you can. I mean, I would. I don't know why you would stay there. So, you know, I think for for me, that's kind of just the 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 best answer to that that whole whole dynamic. Awesome. The next question is from Joe Miller, and it is, have you ever felt complacent? Um, you know, I, I no, you know, I am um, not business-wise, not athletically, not academically. I, um, I watched my mother work way too hard. Like, my mother worked way too hard. You know, and um, I feel very blessed that I'm not working three jobs, you know, and when she was at her point and when she was where I am age wise in her life, she was still working three jobs. So I feel and, and just trying to get by with complete candor, just hoping to get by like that's it. And so for me, I think I'm so blessed to not be in that position. 
have a lot of blessings in life in general, I can't take those for granted. Like, I don't know how to do that. If that makes sense. I'm just not, I'm not wired that way. I can't, I can't do it. And, um, and I think that the more we get people to understand that, and Andrew, our business is one in which, you know, we are truly making a difference. Now, when I worked at like UPS and unloaded trucks and drove, I mean, I was getting people the packages they ordered. I don't think I was like, I'm not making a difference. I was life insurance and social worker, but I was competitive. Mm-hmm. So if you were unloading a truck next to me, I didn't want you to beat me. Everything to me is a competition. It just is win or lose. It's a competition. Like I want to just, I want to compete. And, um, and if it takes sure work ethic, I feel real good about my ability to win most of the time or all the time. When it requires some kind of other talent, it's like, okay, then who has the talent, who has the patience, who can do all that? Now, why do you think people get complacent? Because I see it more often than I not. I think that people, unfortunately, do don't have much belief in themselves. Um, I'm going to ride the wheels off this life until the, you know, the mother efforts come off. Like, I ain't here to, like, make sure I do just enough and then try to figure out how to take care of things and how to pay for them. I'm not doing that. I, I'd rather not participate at all. That's going to be but my how, life. How did you become that way? Um, well, I stopped listening to people and let them, I stopped letting them put me in a, in a box and tell me what I was going to do. I realized at a very young age that they weren't any smarter than me. Why were they going to dictate what I was going to do in my life? And unfortunately, a lot of people that join us and they're just, they, they're frustrated because they're living check to check. They join us, they get out in the field. And sometimes you're like, man, they're like, they're, they're killing it in 20 hours. They're working 40 and they slow down. And then it's a chargeback, but right? It's 30% of it's laid off for 13 months. Carriers say that forever. I always love people. They're like, well, you have chargebacks. I'm like, dude, if you sell life insurance anywhere <laughs> at any industry, at any company in the industry, they've been doing it for like a century. They understand the deal. This percentage is going to fall off. That's the way it works. So they advance you a ton of money. So you got to keep working. And I think that, you know, for, for me, it's sad for people because I'm like, it's not about working 100 hours a week. The whole point is to to do what you got to do and work as hard as you can so you can live the rest of your life controlling it. And that's a pretty cool feeling. Like, you're able to do that. That's a cool feeling. I mean, you have your phone, but you're not required to be anywhere. You know, and I think that you're always working, but you're not required to be. You have the ability to do that. And that's what you're supposed to earn. Um I'm also a big, I'm a fear of loss. I just think if you get real complacent, things will get taken from you. You know, I think somebody's, you know, I don't care if it's athletically, somebody was always trying to do better or take your spot. And I think you always had to think about it that way, you know? And um, I remember when I was in high school and one of my buddies was like, dude, why do you, and he liked to drink a lot more than he liked to play ball. He was very good. And I like to drink a lot too, don't get me wrong. We were both, but I was like, I was, and he said, I don't understand why you're working so hard, dude. Like, we have tryouts, which you don't have to try out. Like, we won two state championships. You've already played. You're obviously going to start. Like, you know where you're going to play. What do you care? And ironically, you know, right before the season started, and he has played the year before. We had a huge school. This dude transfers in from Oklahoma. And he plays the same, he plays the same position my buddy plays. You know, some other guy transferred in to play the same position I played. Well, he didn't play never because he didn't take on my spot. He didn't take my spot. But these guys transferred. So you just, you become complacent. And I used to just think like, dude, this sucks. Like you're watching them. You're on the bench. He wasn't that good. 
He was good, but he wasn't that good. And we were really good. And But it was like you just didn't want to put – because you got complacent. And you're right. The people that he saw previous to that were not going to take a spot away. And he's true. He's right. He could have done half as good as he did during the, you know, the, the preseason, if you would. And, uh, but they came in. And I think that for me, I always just thought, why don't people think that way? Somebody's always trying to take what you have. There's always a competitor, you know, and I think that's what keeps me excited. But Andrew, I get sad. I think people just don't have big goals and desires. And I think that either they've never had them or they had them at some point in time in their life. It didn't work out the way they wanted to one or two or three times. So they just like, dude, I'm done. Like I'll do, I'll do it. You know, we were talking to, not to pick, but she's great. We're talking to Rochelle's son, Ryan, right? Mm -hmm. And we're like, can you hurry up and get your license? Because somebody in your family has to be a Hall of Fame producer because your mom won't do it. And we're like, having fun with it and to the point where I think Paul drove his Hall of Fame jacket over to the house later and gave it to Ryan. You know, we had a meeting. But the point was, like, you know you can, but you're just it, – because it's counterintuitive to what you're used to doing. You're used to working up and, – and the problem is for most of us, and this is why capitalism works so unbelievably well, once 99% of people make enough money to live on, they stop working. Mm-hmm. For me – it ain't, I'm not driven by the money. I'm driven by the opportunity and the time that I have to do the things I want to do and never say no to my, my family, my kids, a charitable organization. I don't want to say no based on money. If I don't know what you're going to do with the money, because that happens sometimes, like, dude, what do y'all should do? I may not give you the money. But I don't ever want to say no based on, and I'll give it to somebody else, but based on money. Like, we saw the Dream Center. I'm like, there's a huge need there. I don't ever want to say no to them. Like ever, because and not based on money, and I don't see myself saying no for any other reason. But I, 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 it's sad that the majority of people go. This is my lot in life. It's what I no different than the guy that worked at the college. Like he obviously can't. He's he didn't do those things. He went to school here. He has a degree in social work. I don't even know if he went back. Knew I went got my master's degree in different college. Like he can't do that. Like why not? Like why not push the envelope? Like I don't get that. Like when I worked at state, I had my job, and I was like, how do I get promoted? My boss like, you have to wait a year. I waited one year and a day, applied for the supervisor job. I interviewed with like 12 people. They've all been there like 24, 25, 30 years. And they're like, why are you interviewing? I'm like, because I'm better than you guys. I'm like, why would, I, why would I not interview? I work harder than you. I got a job. And then I was like, how do I, when's my next one? He's like, you've been a supervisor two days, bro. I'm like, what's the next job opening? Like title, how long do I got to wait? You have to have a master's degree. I was like, I'll get a master's degree. Boom, I got a master's degree. I went to school at night. But I always wanted to know what the next step was. I didn't want to know how to maintain. I wanted to know how to get ahead. And I think that, unfortunately, a lot of people just, you know, they they live their lives being really good bill payers, and they die one day. And I'm not judging anybody. You live how, but 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 if you're really trying to do something different, and money is just a good byproduct. This is a super really cool industry. It's awesome helping people the way we help them. So some people work towards destinations. Like they go, when I do this, I'm going to, when I get to this point, then I'm going to do all this stuff and I'll be happier when I get to this point. And it seems like you don't really have a f- final destination. What's your opinion on that? We got to do what makes you happy, right? And what, what makes you, what, what, what inspires you, you know? And, and if you don't know what that is, figure it out. You know, but my inspiration is there's never going to be enough people to help. And there's never going to be 
we're never going to get close to helping all the people that ask for help with life insurance. So, we're, And we're never going to be able to get to all the agents that need help. So that's not frustrating to me. That's not like, oh, my God, you're always going to be. No, let's just build something so unbelievably awesome that as we go on in years, it keeps growing and growing and growing. It becomes a real machine, a real business. And then when it's all said and done, you have made an impact on the world. And I think that's, you know, I want I want people to just go, man, he, he did right by us, whatever that was we were doing, you know. And, and, and I went to this thing the other day, his college commits, the whole deal. And all these kids I don't even know. And they're like, hey, thanks for our scoreboard. I'm like, dude, what are they talking about? The guy's like, oh, you donated a scoreboard. I'm like, dude, that was like five years ago. And all of them, thanks for the scoreboard, thanks for the scoreboard, thanks for the scoreboard. I'm like, you're welcome. But it's just stuff like you don't even remember. And to them, it's a big deal. Like, they play baseball. They play softball. The girls and the boys, and they want a damn scoreboard like the other towns. And their town said no. And now they get to see the name of their team and the score and balls and strikes and outs. And the parents get to see it and take pictures at the end of the game in front of it. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like, I don't remember doing that. But you're all welcome. You asked for it. I like you. I like the community. Like, let's go make a difference in people's lives. So... I think for me, that's my destination. And I don't, I'm very comfortable with the fact that you can never, ever make enough of a difference. Yeah, I, I like that. Kobe said, like, the dream is, is getting up early, working hard. That is the actual dream. That, which the way I took that was that that's the hap- what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Anything Kobe says, I agree with. I'm a huge, huge um, admirer, Kobe Bryant. But, um, you know, yeah, man, I think it's the, you know, the grind for me. You know, it's like traveling all over the country and trying to remember what city you're in and being in front of people and the sacrifices you make. You just, and hoping the people that are around you know why you made them. If they don't know why, that, that you probably haven't articulated that well. I think a lot of times that's an issue too. You got to articulate the sacrifices you're making and why you're making them. So you get support from the people around you. That's cool. Well, thank you for joining us. We will be back next week, Saturday morning, 8 a.m. See you guys then. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, bud.